Alright, so now we're recording on the next one. Hello and welcome to the Still Unsponsored Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Zach. And this podcast is about marketing, management, and other BS. Uh, we're going to center on the marketing today. Ooh. Specifically, hitting up some Q&As. Nice. Alright. Um, what are you drinking, Zach? Sledgehammer. Uh, I picked this one for a very specific reason. Go on. Good one. So, uh, I just read this book called Cork Dork, uh, which, if you're a wine nerd, is uh, a very fun book. It's awesome. Uh, it's also fun to say. Yeah. And, and might get the, like, E automatically put on your podcast. You know. Cork Dork? Cork Dork. <laughs> They'll change the... The filing of the podcast <laughs> if we say that too many times uh but sledgehammer yeah so um there's a chapter in the book uh where she talks about uh wines that she calls mastige wines so mass prestige wines mm-hmm. and it's a term that's actually kind of been around for a long time you know you examples might be like the bmw x1 Right, where mm-hmm. the average BMW is like fifty thousand dollars, but the BMW X one is nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a prestige brand for the masses. Got it. Um so this wine, uh so the chapter's about mastige wine, right? And talking about how the the floor for quality in the wine world has come up significantly. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's another thing that you need to think about here. So we'll put that down. Sidestep. Uh, wine traditionally, like in the romantic sense, is like the grapes are grown, the grapes are pulled off, they're they're fermented, and then they're aged in some wood barrels, and then that's stuck in a bottle, and you drink it, right? And the French would have you believe that that is in fact the recipe, and nothing else happened <laughs> during that time. Yeah, the wine producer had nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. Uh not true right and so consumers on the other you know on the receiving end of that are forced to cope with like you know what do i really like to drink do i like pinots do i like cabs do i like burgundy do i like you know bordeaux like all this bullshit right um and it makes it really easy to just say fuck it i'm gonna drink a bud light hell yeah (laughs) right Mm -hmm. so uh a lot of wine producers have basically moved towards like product engineering their wine from the consumer back Hmm. right so instead of i am making this product that is a piece of art that expresses what happened this year uh and the land that it grew on uh it is like i am building something for a specific consumer so this sledgehammer was specifically (laughs) was specifically mentioned in the book as a wine that was designed for consumers and worked backwards to, you know, getting built. A glass and a half in, it's pretty delicious. And I wanted to hate it. It's pretty good. I wanted to hate it. Yeah. Like if you go back and you watch the live stream from the from the episode six. Don't you, do that. <laughs> one, you'd have to see us, which I apologize, but you would see me taste it and then look confused when when my expectations did not meet. <laughs> the reality <laughs> so yeah you know I, I think there are some issues with it but overall it's pretty tasty like if this was your second bottle you wouldn't notice notice what no well, I, 
I think that there are some things like maybe it's a little bit alcoholy. Like... All right, this is not a wine tasting. Podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Let, let's let's. All right, keep going. fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, let me ask you this: We have uh, slated for this to do a segment on how would you market that, but do we want to just jump right into Q and A time? How would you market that? Yes, because we just did. How would you market that in the last episode? I think that could be a re- recurring thing, though. Like a segment. We need like some intro music. How would you market that? Well, I'll just pull that out now. And... Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. You're welcome. You just provided it. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we can jump into Q&A. All right. All right. All right. So basically what I did is uh, in an effort to be extra growth hackery, Ooh. I selected some questions off Quora mm-hmm. uh, that I will then link back to our podcast when i answer it (laughs) it's a marketing Uh, podcast so we're gonna like you know spill like why we're doing this right yeah you know you should use timestamp it exactly too i covered this at this point oh that's exactly what i'm gonna do yeah 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 yeah, exactly okay um but anyway um (laughs) all right yeah so let's dive in uh so the first one was what is the difference between a digital marketing strategy and a content marketing strategy this is a one-on-one question is this for real Apparently, yeah. It's Who wants to take it? You or me? Go. Content's a piece of your digital marketing strategy. There we go. Bang. Nailed Done. it. <laughs> what, what more? I mean, yeah. content's a, a channel of your marketing strategy. So if you're breaking it out, that, you know, your, your, your digital marketing strategy should be dictating what the content strategy should look like. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you call it integrated marketing for a reason yep. right you would want to line up all of your channels so they all work together um and content would be a piece of that yep content is the new seo as i like to say well content is seo but anyways moving on moving on okay yeah. so bang done well at this rate we're hey just... did you did you start yes the it, we are in fact recording okay <laughs> making sure i gotta like double check for yeah. the next like probably five episodes oh yeah probably <laughs> we can't have a repeat of last time <laughs> uh yeah exactly <laughs> okay uh that was a really easy question well i wanted to warm you up zach all right you're doing pretty good for going to bed at like 2 30 a.m let's do it <laughs> should startups outsource their digital marketing uh, Ooh, depends on how well financed the startup is yeah if you got money to burn no and what i mean by that is to get someone in-house who knows the product, who knows your offering, who knows your value prop, no digital marketing agency is going to be able to replicate that. So if you have money, and I'm thinking startup, like you're talking salary, that where that's pretty pivotal. Uh, that that's kind of the move, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also important that I'm guessing your startup probably doesn't have the budget to spin up a team. So you really need a true, well-rounded marketing person if you're going to in-house it. AKA, you don't want to hire a SEO consultant if the way you're acquiring customers is through paid advertising, right? You want a full full stack marketer. I know it's a silly yeah. term, but you want a full stack marketer. Right. Well, also it depends on who you are, right? So, like, let's say let's say you're a a startup that's like a biomedical company, yeah. right? And your founder is like two double PhD mm. dudes, right? you're going to need marketing help like yeah and you're you're going to need someone in-house but that person is maybe more of a product marketer yeah than like an acquisition marketer right um 
and that might be the good way to start um i would say there's a lot of people out there that are not that don't fall neatly into one category and so you just have to look at you know so i would say i'm leaning towards like hire someone um hire someone in-house it in-house it um get someone that is going to you know work for you and help you bridge out to you know your outsourced resources yeah i think it's also important that a startup any business owner really needs to understand what metric they're trying to drive. Right. And that will help you determine where you're going. Right. Right. So we would say to, to summarize that, uh, we would say in house. Now we're thinking tech, bio, et cetera. If you are a coffee shop who is starting up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Outsource that. <laughs> Well, there's not. Gonna, it's going to be a different game. It's going right. to be a lot simpler. Like you know, I. You, you want economy of effort. Yeah. Right. So if if there's like task rabbit things, then outsource that shit. Yep. Like don't do that yourself. They're, now we're explicit. <laughs> it was going to happen anyway. You know, you had one job to do, is to keep us off the explicit ratings for one episode. Maybe we should just dive in. Maybe maybe our new intro would be like, welcome to the fucking still unsponsored <laughs> podcast. Well, now it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> now we're screwed. Yeah. No no amount of editing is going to save us now. <sighs> All uh, right. Yeah. So I don't think when the person wrote this question, uh, they meant coffee shop. And it specifically says digital marketing. Yeah. I didn't read the question. Yeah. Now I did. Okay. Did you know that Cora is now in Spanish? Uh, I did not know that. Well, now you do. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you ever considered using slash hiring influencers to help you promote your event? And what are some of the pros and cons of using the strategy for event marketing? Event marketing, Zach. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> I believe is the answer. Uh, in fact, we have purposefully selected events around our influencers yeah you're you're leveraging someone else's audience you're going along for the ride i, I would say c answer one yeah. where we said you know the the object here is to create an integrated marketing strategy yeah. everything is going to get easier if it's all like hammering home together yep uh so yeah you should definitely have uh influencers on stage at events that you're there if you can if you can get it uh, have them come to your booth. Um, so reading these titles, this is a long, <laughs> I like their SEO here. It's literally just the entire question as a URL. <laughs> uh, so based upon that, so some of the cons of having an influencer um, cost, right? Like these these folks generally, if, if you're looking to pinch some pennies, don't, they probably don't want to be doing event marketing in the first place. But anyways, uh, they're going to be expensive. But uh, secondarily, you know, for good or for worse, you are associated with that influencer. Yes. So, if you want to take this a little bit more broad, look at the, what's going on in Hollywood right now. People who are being associated with other folks, you're along for the ride, right? Yep. So, be careful with who you hire as an influencer because it could come back and bite you. Definitely. Uh, here's a good one. What are some examples of dirty marketing tricks? <laughs> Such as... Uh. A great example might be going to Quora... And answering marketing questions on your marketing podcast and then providing links to those answers. <laughs> it's not dirty. It's uh, being handy, being resourceful. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. This is what you would call link building. Like, yeah. so, you know, it, if you are a marketing leader who doesn't have a lot of experience with SEO and you've heard your contractor say, oh, we're going to do some link building. Well, that's basically what you're listening to right now. Yeah. Live link building <laughs> recorded and then played back on iTunes. <laughs> we're getting a band. <laughs> Dirty marketing tricks. Yeah. Can you think of any others? Instagram bots? Uh... Look, there's you can do a Google search for whatever. Let's name some. Come on. No. Yeah, Zach. Come on. We no. we gotta get down there. We. I I really don't want to. Can you, you you don't want to admit that that portion of your personality exists. No, I just if we're looking to become you know if we're if we're looking to be experts in marketing, I, I don't want to yes. highlight the shenanigans you can do. I mean. Okay. You can so, you can make a quick buck. You can do a quick easy thing here and there. But at the end of the day, like to build real value as a marketer, you need to play by the book. Be innovative. So let's yeah. Okay, I, I think that's that's a really good point. So what you're doing should not compromise your brand equity. Correct. Right. So you probably should not buy a spammy list of emails and blast them. Right. That would be a dirty marketing trick. That's dirty. Which doesn't work either. Right. By the way, you. If you have an app, you probably should not buy like forced installs, right? You know, from some other that's spyware dirt, dirty. Yeah. Uh, if someone selling you advertising space cannot readily explain to you who the users are, right, and how they're seeing your content, how they're acquiring that, or how they're base. acquiring that traffic, yep. run away. Yeah. Right. You you don't want to be associated with the garbage. But I would say there's some like maybe more growth hacker tricks. Oh, you should put that in quotes. It, I, while I was doing it, it was maybe off camera. <laughs> growth hacker that, you know, are maybe not dirty, but... So I think it goes back to what you're trying to achieve, right? Yeah. So if you're growth hacking, are you looking for links to boost your SEO rankings? Mm -hmm. Are you looking for people to come to your website or your app or whatever? Yeah. And I think that can shape what you're trying to do. If you just focus on that one thing and think creatively how to do it. Again, quick Google search. Um, you can start going down the rabbit hole. You know, there's you a lot of good ideas. You don't want to rely on that kind of stuff because it's only going to take you so far. Yeah. Right. You know, and and if you, you the other thing is you want to build passionate customers. And if they're not. If they're not. So this goes back to the inbound thing. If they're not mm -hmm. finding you based upon what you're offering or what your company offers or whatever you offer. Uh, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. There, I just, I just was reading something somewhere that, you know, companies that can explain their value and the purpose, consumers are willing to pay, I don't know, 30, 40% more if they understand what your, your brand promises. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. Well, that's, that's what you would call differentiation. Well. Right. Or sure. building brand equity. Sure. Right. So again, I, I don't think we answered this question I, at all. We we discussed we 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 ran around it a lot, you know. In the last episode, we were talking about how, you know, I bought an iPhone X. Yep. I could have gone and got a free flip phone. I could have got a gone and got a garbage Android phone. Yeah. But I gave Google a whole bunch of my money. You mean Apple? Whatever. <laughs> I I suppose uh. yeah. I'm undoing my own argument by screwing that up. Yeah. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> By, <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> All right, so I mean, I don't know. This is kind of a shady question. Like, 
tactically speaking, there's a ton of stuff you can do. Pick your vertical, pick your niche, go. Um, you know, this is such a broad question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so corollary, here's one. Uh, what is guerrilla marketing and why is it effective? Guerrilla marketing. So to me, guerrilla marketing is making your, it's essentially advocate marketing, right? So you're going crazy. You're trying to essentially do everything with nothing. Right. And so the best way to do that, generally speaking, and this is kind of a wide net, is making your customers, your users, your believers, whatever, into advocates for you. Right. And so you, you start at the bottom and grow that huge following, that huge base of essentially promoters that love your brand, love your values, love what you're doing. And will put their name, their reputation on the line and go crazy. And doing that in such a way that the actual outlay of cash money is pretty small. Yeah. So there was that book, Guerrilla Marketing. Um, you know, and basically it was like, how do you market with no money? Yep. Um, and the answer is hard work. You know, guerrilla marketing is a lot of hard work. It's a lot of sweat equity, right? So, you know, instead of hiring a link builder, do the link builder building yep. yourself. You know, like... Um, and I think also guerrilla marketing might have been one of the precursor terms to growth hacking, you know, see our previous question. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so y- you could go read for a shadier side like Ryan Holiday's Trust Me, I'm Lying um, about basically how to stir up a whole bunch of like, you know, PR garbage, um, you know, or you could basically, you know, look for low lying opportunities and and grab them. You know, the big question is like the the immediate question when someone says, "Okay, I want to I want to build like a guerrilla marketing tactic or strategy is how much money do you have? Yep. That is this is basically always the first question is how much money are you willing to spend on marketing? Yeah. You know, and and there could be some fun guerrilla marketing that require a lot of money. So all of the major brands that are on social media, like so we talked in a couple episodes ago about KFC. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, the eight herbs and or eleven. Right, that's sort of like a guerrilla marketing strategy, but that was not cheap for KFC. Right, right. So, (laughs) (laughs) I should say, like you know, usually one would assume that guerrilla marketing means no money, but it can also mean shitloads of money. Yeah, but you're just deploying it in really crazy ways. Hey, you want to see a really crazy way? Yeah. On Quora, I typed in marketing and went to the email marketing category. Uh huh. There's a whole bunch of questions about how do I get company ceo lists for emails don't do it like (laughs) well if you want some link some link juice here's how you do it there's tons of linkedin tools out there that will filter out based upon titles Uh, one of them is called git prospect.io no affiliation yep Uh, you type in what you're searching for bing bang boom exports it out in excel and you can go crazy there now you can put that in like probably 30 questions. <laughs> Dirty tricks. Guerrilla marketing. <laughs> got one. Email marketing. Got one. It's the email marketing category. There you go. You know, I think the question is, is it worth your effort, right? You know, because there's a, think about the funnel, right? So if you're, especially if you're emailing and you're emailing someone like a CEO, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't responded to a blind email. I'm not a CEO and I haven't responded to a blind email in I don't remember the last time. <laughs> I have stories. They work. They work? They work. Maybe at small companies they work. Perhaps. But cold blanket emails that I researched, I was able to get responses pretty quickly. Really? Uh-huh. 
Well, they must work because they don't like they, they don't stop. They, they don't gotta, stop, right? It matters and if you like mess up the mail merge. That's when it matters and they don't work. Here's the segment that I want to run, which is like the BD email of the week. Mm-hmm. Because they I, I don't know if someone is there like a memo or like a blog that all these guys are reading because it'll be like uh should I wave the white flag like after their third email or like you know please select one of the following like you hate me you're sending all my messages to spam you've fallen down a whale well and need help in which I, case they're using a re- certain tool chris what's the tool uh, it's called mailshake mailshake yep see i'm learning something on this podcast yeah and it, it just says like what mailshake's creating this content and then millions of companies are using it yeah so where were you the other day when I was at the office running around yelling about how all these like assholes were sending me the same fucking email? <laughs> probably trying to get home from Chicago. Probably laughing at me instead probably. of like... <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that and there's also... Uh, so engagement, right? So digital marketer, that whole group, uh, they also have some pretty... I know, but they're like email. the text of the email is identical like, or close to identical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of our friends yeah anywho bloom bloom okay so uh moving so, on anyways remember that you now have the answer to like five questions right no I, efficiency and yeah and we've kept notes um, have we yeah dude you're you're actually in this one <sighs> what is it what's what that sound and that f- i don't know the last big crash i it was immediately followed by a nest alert it's like your nest is spotted. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, "We're busy. I'm not going to look at that." <laughs> all right. I I think that the podcast listening audience can't hear the same thing that we can. So for context, uh, you know, we're recording in my house, and uh, you know, my wife is milling around downstairs doing whatever it is that she does, uh, and periodically we hear a crash or like a you know loud noise or a door slam or or something. Uh, but I don't think that makes it into the final version. So we sort of look at each other and wonder what could have possibly made that noise. Uh, or, yeah. But then, you know, if we make a comment about it, it's totally lost on the person listening. I think most of this show is like that, Chris. Totally lost on the people listening? Yeah. Yet we still get downloads. <laughs> Dirty marketing tricks, huh? Dirty marketing tricks. Yeah. Okay. How would you market that, Zach? How would you market that? <laughs> okay. Uh, this time on how would you market that, we're going to talk about a uh, freelance data scientist. Gee, that's not specific. Okay, but it could be any uh, professional service. Mm-hmm. So a freelance prote- professional service, let's say like, you know, it could be, you know, database administration. It could be, it could be data scientist. It could be like, you know, basically any sort of consulting service. The setup here is there is zero advertising budget. I'm sensing a trend. What? Guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Our previous episode. This episode, dude. This episode. Yeah. All right. Same episode. Ugh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> All right. All right. How would you market that? How would you market that? Is that... Is that- Hold on. That, hold, hold on, your... hold on. Is that a domain that's available? How would you market? We're capturing the keystrokes. 
ladies and gentlemen. Zach is Googling intently. I think it's He's available. heading over to his his favorite domain registrar. How The problem is there's how would... So there's a double W. How would you market... He's, he's struggling with some basic data entry. My, my, my hands hurt, man. He's, it's available. Well, how would you market that.com? You better buy it before I publish this episode. This thing's cost me money now. Right. Or we can just leave it as a as a fun thing for our viewers, listeners. Whoever you are out there. We're, we're sorry. Again, <laughs> we stress that. <laughs> okay, so uh, basically what what we have here is we have like a someone with a very high skill level in a very specific niche. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So you're you're basically not going to you, you're gonna you're gonna need to unbind yourself from your geo, right? So you're gonna need to look for clients nationally, if not internationally. I would say it would be one of the first things to do. So yeah. don't think that you know the store down the road is going to you know provide you help or not help business. Um, which at, is help. Yeah. Cash flow. We're, we're, we're going off the rails. <laughs> uh, old school networking. That's where it's at for stuff like this. Um, you're going to need to, like, LinkedIn might be a good place to do that. So uh, let me finish the thought on, on networking first before I. I'm interrupting myself and, and you're distracted. Uh, so I'm bas- buying that domain. <laughs> you're buying that domain. <laughs> He he got his uh, single sign-on or his. Uh, Can I just make a gripe when yeah. companies use the same text input fields that they don't they shouldn't be using, and then LastPass freaks DF out? Oh, super annoying! If you have two fields on your page called email, yeah, you. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's just basically an e-commerce conversion thing. It's frustrating, right? Uh, okay, networking. You're going to need to network. You're going to need to network your face off uh, and possibly nationally. So go to trade shows, I, I would say. Like go to – here's the thing. The temptation would be to network within your network, mm-hmm. right? But that's not – like then you're just talking to other, you know, example, data scientists, right? Which would be good for staying sharp but not good for finding clients. Right. So – you know, instead, you need to go to like Salesforce's conference, Dreamforce, right? Like that might be a great place to go. Go to some AI. place. Yeah, you know, go to HubSpot. Go to or what is it called? Inbound. Uh, you know, go to uh, go to. Man, I had a good example and I just lost it. <laughs> uh, basically, anywhere where you're going to find companies with shitloads of data or shitloads of you know whatever that need your skill universities although their contracts are pretty long but yeah yeah i don't know but I, I have a general dislike of doing business with governments oh, okay cool not just just because it inconveniences me <laughs> uh so another i mean you're kind of leaving the obvious out there's tons of freelancer websites out there you'd be surprised what's on there these days totally uh, upwork's the biggest one out there they bought odesk a few years ago previously known as elance uh you probably could find gigs on there honestly um, they've they've really expanded out the verticals for it. There's also Guru and Freelancer. I think it depends on the type of clients you want, right? Yeah. So this is this is some sort of like 
career designing thing. So if you if this is a side hustle, your freelance thing, yeah. then Odesk, you know, that kind of thing would be really good. Mm-hmm. If you're a hundred percent consultant, then you're gonna need to go sort of the bigger, more formal way. Sure. You'd be surprised where those things can go. Totally. Yeah. Talk into the microphone. I, w- I was also needing to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So I mentioned LinkedIn. Uh, one. Uh, so here's another route. You know, and this is similar to last episode's. You know, like uh, uh, ebook suggestions was. You know, become a uh, authority yep. on the topic. Yep. Right. So that could be on LinkedIn. That could be a whole digital strategy, yeah. right? So start a blog, start talking about data science, yep. start a YouTube channel, you know, and, and vlog yeah. about data science. Boring. There's a lot of boring shit on YouTube. There's a, you would know that for sure. Yeah, I know. I've watched I it. watch my music videos on the YouTubes and you're watching people you know, deconstruct tools and curse about it. Totally. Well, you know, EEV blog is maybe a great example of a dude who's got like, I think he's approaching a million subs or something ah, like that. Good for him. You know, and good for him. He's an electrical engineer that tears stuff apart, you know, and he, he can be entertaining, but at the same time, like if you don't have a, some sort of base to grab onto, uh, you'll be lost so fast. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. because he doesn't water it down. Yeah. You know? Um, so anyway, um, yeah, well, in my notes here, I had said, like, create a survey and publish a result. That was just... mine. Oh, that... That was mine. Okay, so I was going to say, because I don't remember what I was thinking, so explain what you were thinking. So this is a really great one. I'm right. glad that you're starting to read the show preparation notes, Zach. <laughs> Helps <laughs> we, if you share them we before We have made giant strides. <laughs> <laughs> We're all professional-like now. All right, so this is a great tactic. So put your, your notepad to the test, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you... you if you have a few bucks to spend, literally a few bucks, you can create a Google survey. If you don't have a few bucks to spend, email your existing network, create a survey, and then you literally publish those results. You create a cool title about it, create some of unique data that you now own, send it out to everyone in your network, data science, trade shows, associations, organizations, whatever. Um, and now you guess what? You are now a subject matter expert for for essentially nothing sort of riffing off that um one of the you know if we're talking about like building an audience right so building so you do the survey thing that's a great way to get people to your blog all that kind of stuff but a lot of people are like what should i blog about like okay so think about the last time that you googled something and the answer wasn't the first result yep right like that's what you blog about yep and that you know for for these like very niche specific uh, you know, career paths or jobs or specialties, you know, there's a lot of that stuff, yep. right? So you could be the person filling in that content. Yep. Um, you know, and especially if you're, if you're answering it from the perspective of like, how would a, you know, what is the best practice for doing this? So if you're a data scientist, you know, maybe the startup hasn't thought to hire a data scientist yet. So it's just their dev trying to tackle some problem. Right. You know, you answer it from that perspective. And then it gives you an in when they go commenting like, hey, could you clarify this? You know, you start talking to them and then pretty soon that that turns into a consulting gig. And then if you want to turn it into a full marketing Mm -hmm. campaign, you literally could then, um, that's an easy way to get email addresses. 
Totally. So well, we should download, say like in any survey. of these things where we suggest like starting a blog, like mm-hmm. start collecting email addresses. Yep. Like just now, marketing 101, just start building a base. Then you can send out an email like, hey, I have some availability this weekend. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, or hey. What's the site where you can schedule just time? There are so many of them out there. Even Square has one now. Really? Yeah. There's t- all the scheduling, calendaring. If you use a website builder, check out what's in that marketplace. There's a ton of them out there. Um, they have the built-in timing, uh, hours, availability, uh, everything. So just do your Google search. But there's tons of tools that are free to a few bucks a month where you can charge for your time, charge for a service, charge for a consultation. Easy. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we are at 32 minutes, so we're going to kill this thing. Nice. Uh, I think this was definitely one of our more like uh, marketing 101 podcasts. Uh, I might even put that in the, in the intro. Maybe we'll see. So those that are like experts could skip. I don't know. Um, but uh, if you're less versed, then this will definitely be good for you. Yeah. Um, we are still on Sponsored Podcast. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Website, stillonsponsored.com. Um, Instagram, slash stillonsponsored. Exactly. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Catching how else would you say it? Yeah, follow us there for daily clips from the show if you like digesting it in that format. Okay. And we're out. We're out. We're done. <laughs> Goodbye.